What's up, guys? My name is Ryan. I am here with Nick and Mark, and we are... Bible dingers. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> you didn't have the setup for the yeah. soundboard that we don't have. Yeah, I, I had to. Yeah, we don't have the soundboard today. Yeah, so we are continuing on through our Revelation series, so you guys should have a basic understanding of the four different eschatological views at this point. We've gone through dispensational pre-mill, historic pre-mill, post-mill, and ah-mill. And now we are moving into uh, more of an analysis of Revelation. And like we mentioned in the past, uh, we're really heavily relying on our pastor for this uh, section of the season because this is uh, quite a bit above our heads and Pastor Chris is so well-versed in this category. And so we are starting today by going over the uh, numbers that you'll find in Revelation and what they stand for and what God is trying to convey uh, by writing it in Revelation. So with that being said, Pastor Chris, I think we've already uh, introduced you a couple times here already in this season, so I don't know if we have to do that, but thank you for being on the show and doing this with us. Hey, it's a privilege to be here again and um, enjoying the uh, the time that we get to spend together uh, just Reflecting on the scriptures, uh, it's always, uh, you know, the, the, I think the best thing that we can do uh, as believers in Christ is just sit down and say, well, what does God's word say? Yep. Yeah. And I do want to say that leading up to this point, the first time we all met, the first time Mark met Ryan, I remember this, like, specifically, we were at our old church and Ryan brought up the importance of loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind. I don't know if you remember that episode, but it was the very first episode we ever recorded together. Yeah, where I remember Ryan that. made yeah. such a uh, an important point. And for that to be episode one, and now a few years later, we're done with the books of the Bible, and we're teaching you the numbers of Revelation. It just shows that we stayed focused on mission to encourage people and to teach people how to love the Lord with their mind by studying in depth the Word of God and uh, diving deep into something that's really, really difficult. I don't know many ministries that have tried to tackle this, and God has given us a pastor that can do so. So I'm definitely excited about this episode. And uh, for a couple months ago when we were doing these posts, we stopped because we are getting a lot of pushback especially on social media, people saying, that's not what the numbers mean. And uh, I figured... They yelled it like that? Yeah, they made that exact (laughs) voice, that exact (laughs) voice. And I was getting some comments on social media. That's not what the numbers mean. You heretic and all these other things and all this other stuff, right? I said, you know, I think it would be smart if we drop the episode and then release the post so that people can listen and understand why we say these numbers mean what they mean and they they can listen to the reasoning behind it and um, I hope that it reminds you of the post that we made a couple months ago and this this episode will help you make sense of it but it's also important to say that not there's not much consistent agreement among commentators right pastor yeah absolutely the uh, you know there is some agreement. Uh, it's, it's not like, you know, everybody is totally off, but when it comes to, um, how those numbers are applied, I mean, you know, everybody agrees to, to certain, um, 
aspects of, of, you know, the number three, the number seven, the number 10, the number 12. Uh, but then when it comes to the application of those, sometimes that's where a, a lot of the disagreement um, tends to come from. Understand. So what we're doing today is basically we're going through and we're not necessarily into the application part yet. I would say that that will come in the um, the outline episodes when we're actually going through Revelation. But this is supposed to be just sort of a precursor, a, a knowledge that you need to have before we get into the outline of Revelation so that you understand what we're talking about when we're going through the chapters and explaining what's happening throughout the chapters. Um, so with that being said, Pastor Chris, can we kick it over to you and you can start uh, going through and, and listing out the numbers, I guess, in order and just uh, telling us what, what their significance is? Absolutely. And of course, if, if something I say isn't that clear, you guys can uh, certainly jump in and ask you know for I the will. clarification. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, obviously, number one. That's the first number, and uh, the number one tends to, to be the concept of unity, and, and we see that unity primarily in the Godhead. So, uh, you know, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Um, the Scripture makes that uh, a clear thing. So when we're going through, there's not a lot of times that the number one actually appears in the book of Revelation, for instance, which is what we're talking about. Um, but when that number does appear, it it um, when it's the focus is on that number, it's not just you know one of seven or one of four or something like that. Um, but when the the focus is is on the number one, for instance, one hour. Uh, you're talking about a concept of unity. Um, what, what does that one hour mean? And, and so as you go through the scripture, for instance, you'll see you know, that, that we have the hour of God's um, eternal purpose or his work in, in creation. And it's the concept of the, the unified work of God over all of, of time is that hour. It's the hour of Christ or it's the hour of of um, you know God's eternal purpose, so it's that sense of unity of everything together as one. Before you continue on uh, through the list, just for my understanding, when when we're going through and listing out the um, the meaning of these numbers, is this strictly in Revelation, or is this would you say throughout the entire Bible? Yes, it's throughout the whole Bible, and that's that's the point. We have to understand that what uh, that that John is not just pulling numbers out of his head here. He is he's using biblical concepts that go throughout the Old Testament and then are built into things in the New Testament as well. Uh, so he's he's taking concepts um, that are a massive, all right. Uh, creation, the Sabbath, uh, those those that are throughout the scriptures, and then he's he's uh, integrating what the, how the prophets use those, and then bringing in you know the, the New Testament concepts into uh, and out of I should say those Old Testament uh, usages. Got so it. to to put a term to this, would this be considered Hebrew numerology? Well. Yes, most likely. 
Um, it, it would be rabbinic uh, to a certain extent, that is, the rabbis, their usage of it. Um, but John stays more focused on the scriptural rather than just necessarily, you know, Hebrew numerology. Because, and the reason I'm making that distinction is that uh, you have a lot of the intertestamental um, writings, mm-hmm. and those intertestamental writings kind of go wacky. They're sort mm-hmm. of, you know, the, the apocryphal and pseudepigrapha. Uh, those, you know, they kind of make up their own ideas. Mm. So we don't want to draw too much from that. We want to see how does the scripture use this because that's the, where John stays focused. Okay. I guess uh, we can just keep going to number two. Then. All right. So the number two has to do with things that are relational, you know, um, um, whether it's, you know, husband and wife, you know, the two, and then the two, of course, become one. Uh, so you, you get that sense of uh, this this relationship, but also unity um, in that relationship, and so we have that uh, I, that concept throughout the uh, the scriptures. There's not a, a lot of the usage of of the number itself. To it's more to things uh, often rather than you know we're going to read that number two and we're going to figure out what that number two is. It's it, it's drawing two things together into a relational uh, setting. Okay, I think everyone kind of knows that three is significant. Uh, we I think a lot of people know three, seven, twelve, mm-hmm. and then a lot of people throw in one hundred forty-four thousand because of Revelation. I think, but I think uh, yeah, yeah. three, a lot of people think is significant. Well, three should be significant. Uh, obviously, for those of us who are Christians, the Trinity is the center of of that number. Um, and what is the Trinity? Well, it's it's the the absoluteness of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit united into uh, into that unity of of oneness. Um, but it's 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 this concept of absolute. So if you have holy, 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 it's not just you know these guys are getting carried away with saying the word holy. Uh, it's it's the Trinity of holy. That is, it's God is absolutely holy. Um, you also get absolute unholy for instance you're going to get in in chapter 13 the unholy trinity that uh with with the two beasts and the dragon um and so you 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 know it doesn't just have to be with holiness but it's the absolute of something uh in that yeah that makes perfect sense for sure and then we have the number four and the number four does appear a number of times throughout the uh, the book of Revelation. The number four has to do with things uh, earthly. Um, now, that, when I say earthly, that doesn't mean, you know, oh, it's worldly. It, it has to do with the earth. It has to do with the things of this planet. And so you have four corners of the earth. My wife um, was reading a passage, and she said, I don't get this. The earth is not square. How come we have, you know, four corners of the earth? Well, it's because we have north, south, east, and west. Uh, so it, it gives us that sense of, you know, the, the totality of, of earth rather than that the, there was a belief that the earth was flat um, in, in biblical times. And it actually, it, the Bible actually talks about the earth being a sphere mm-hmm. and things like that. So we don't... Uh, uh, you know, when we're looking at number, but it has to do with these things that 
are uh, about creation or the things uh, about the earth. Okay. So we see that the most obvious example that people are probably going to encounter first are the four heavenly creatures. Well, um, I'd use a different term, the four living creatures, um, because that's the the way that it's used. And those four living creatures, uh, as we go through symbols, we'll see those four living creatures represent four aspects of um, animal and, and human creation, the living creatures on the earth. Got it. So next is is five, right? Yeah, and the number five doesn't appear very often in this scripture unless it's part of uh, another number. Um, so, for instance, later on in in the book of Revelation, you get um, there were five uh, kings that are past. One now is, and then there's one to come, and then there's another one that's part of the seven but he's not and but anyway so uh you, you know you get that uh, that kind of of thing so the number five doesn't appear too often but it does appear once um in a significant way and that's the, the five months of the locusts uh that are uh you know tormenting uh the earth so uh, the number five generally at least most commentators that comment about the number would say that it's it's just represents a small number. In other words, it's not the complete number. It's not the number six, which is the number of humanity. It's not number seven, which is the number of, of perfection. We'll get to that coming up. <laughs> but um, so it's 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 a it's just a representative of a partial um, event or uh, activity rather than you know the, those bigger numbers. So. Just so I understand, so is it used as almost like a minimizing tool, like something that's five is like not a big deal? Well, it's more, yes, in a sense, but it's more like a, you know, this is an incomplete thing. This okay. is, this is not a, this is not a, a full blown, um, but it's, it. it's, it's incomplete. Okay. So in, in, in the, the definition sheet that we have here that we will have on our website, um, just so that while you're listening, you can follow along. Um, the number five says law. Um, what do you What do you mean by that? Okay, so um, that's the first five books of mm. uh, of the Bible. Okay, uh, and those uh, that that's represents the law. And then you might say, well, how can that be partial, right? Because I mean, the law is the law. It's it's everything is built on that. But it's it it is the incomplete um, word of God. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, in, in and of itself is not the fullness of what God was revealing. It was, uh, it's the basis, but it's not the fullness of God's revelation. Uh, and that's what we mean by, you know, it's, it's, it's partial. Um, and the New Testament picks up on that and says, you know, this was to lead us to this greater understanding of who God is and his character and his nature. Gotcha. Now the next number I think is probably the first number that people think of when they think of the book of revelation. It's the very popular six. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about what six stands for? <laughs> well, six, as I mentioned a second ago was, is the number of humanity. All right. We were created on the sixth day. And so the biblical writers uh, tend to pick up on that, that, that idea that 
that we were created on the sixth day. Uh, so it, be, it, it tends to represent aspects of, of what it means to be human. Now, when you think about the number six and you triple that, six, 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 um, we don't go around saying 600, 666. We say 666. And that, that's the right way to say it mm-hmm. because it's, it's three sixes, which is what? Absolute. Absolute. Okay. Absolutely imperfect. No, this is no, absolutely human. Absolutely human. Oh. This is the absoluteness of humanity. Um, so it's, it's humanity that has fallen short of seven. Right. And so it's, it, it represents humanity in the fullness, in that particular case, humanity in the fullness of its rebellion against um, their creator. And, uh, and, and so kind of throughout the scripture, that number six has to do with us as human. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. So, uh, so triple, is it, is it connected to total depravity? And in, in the book of Revelation would be, yes, humanity in the fullness of its uh, rebellion against God. Uh, and, and that's, you know, again, we'll get more into depth when we look at this, the symbolism. But yes, it has to do with, uh, in, in that 666, it has to do with total depravity. The number six itself does not have to do with total depravity. It just has to do with a sense of uh, humanity that is not yet reached its perfection. Mm. Which leads us to number seven. <laughs> and number seven um, is, is, some say it's fullness or completion. Um, I tend to say that it's, it's the number of perfection. Uh, it is the, it's represented by the Sabbath. The, the Sabbath is the, the completion of God's creation. Right? It's, it's the representation of God resting because he has finished uh, his work. And so that number tends then to represent anything um, that has been completed, that, that has been, um, but completed in its fullness, in, in, in its, in what its goal is, right? So when we have uh, all the way through the book of Revelation, um, we have the number seven, which appears as uh, actually the number, you know, seven symbols, seven uh, bowls, seven trumpets, so we have that uh, that number, and that means it's it's the completion or the fullness or the perfection of God's judgments at that particular time in in history. Um, but you also have things appearing seven times through the book, and those are a little harder to pick up unless you're you know using some kind of a a commentary that that draws those out for you. But there are just a ton of things that appear seven times or 12 times in uh, in the book. And again, it's uh, the purpose of that is to say the same thing. This is the, this is the perfection of whatever uh, that concept is. This is a, this may be a little bit off topic. I don't want to throw it off too much, but it's, it's, it's making me think about when Jesus told us that we need to forgive 70 times seven is, mm-hmm. but I've also heard that it's possibly translated 77 times seven. Um, so what would, what would perfection have to do with 
the amount of times that we need to forgive somebody. We forgive them perfectly. What do you perfectly? Forgive okay. <laughs> <laughs> them as many times perfectly. As you forgive need to. them. Yeah. Okay, but uh, yes, um, yeah. The the, uh, the the phraseology in the Greek can lead to either of those two ways of translating. Generally, it's it's translated seventy times seven, but it, it you know it could be seventy seven. Um, the uh, and the, the purpose of that is yes that uh, that you have the number seven times the number seventy, and then plus another seven. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that uh, that's the number seven, which is the number of you know the perfect fullness or whatever there times the number ten, which is the number of of completion. Um, uh, so you 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 times those. Right, it's it's not that you forgive seventy times. It's it's that you perfectly forgive completely, totally, and then you add another seven on top of that. Okay, <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, and it looks like we're getting into some bigger numbers here. And you already started talking about ten a little bit, but can you give us a more complete understanding of the number Ooh. ten? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I know on the sheet I didn't put the number eight, but the number eight is an, is an important number. It does. It only appears, I think, one time um, through the uh, the book. But uh, the number eight is really. Uh, for us as Christians, it's the, it's the number of resurrection hmm. um, oh, yeah. because it's uh, Jesus is resurrected on the eighth day. Okay, um, and so you know you you have the uh, the Sabbath, right? Well, he's resting um, after his crucifixion and after his life of, of trials and tribulations. Here, he's resting on that Sabbath day. Uh, and that he's resurrected on the first day of the week. But the first day of the week is actually the eighth day. And the eighth day is the number of, of uh, you know, of God's ultimate plan, God's ultimate purpose. But it can also be the ultimate plan of Satan. Hmm. So, for instance, you have, uh, you know, there are seven kings, and then there's the eighth King, but the eighth king is of the seven, all right. So it's 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 it, it, it's this is the the, uh, the completion of, of all the what those other seven represent. This is the completion of those. Uh, so I, I should have added that number in, and I I didn't on the sheet. Sorry about that. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, which brings us then uh, to the number ten, and and the number nine does not generally appear, especially in the Book of Revelation. Um, but nine would be three times three. Okay. Uh, so it's um, it, it it doesn't have its own um, significance that people point out. I mean, certainly within Hebrew. Uh, numerology, uh, there, there's every number just about has a uh, some kind of a um, meaning. But in terms of biblical num- numerology, uh, it would just simply be three times three. But the number 10, the number 10 is um, the number of totality, the number of, of you know, something that's complete. Uh, and the number 10 appears numerous times. It's often used in conjunction with other numbers, 70 mm-hmm. times uh, 7 or 77. 
Uh, and that um, when anything is, is multiplied times 10, then it's whatever that number is or whatever it represents to its, its completion or its fullness or its totality. Um, I, I shouldn't use the word fullness because number 12 actually is fullness, <laughs> but um, it's, it's totality. And so we have uh, a number of things throughout the book that are multiples of tens, um, and we'll get to that, but the number 1,000, which is what? 10 times 10 times 10. It's, it's, it's that, uh, you know, the absolute totality of something. So we have uh, the, the number 10 appears throughout the book, and it's uh, and within multiples of that that is simply saying, you know, this is the totality. Now, let me give you an illustration of that. We, we talked earlier about being in the Bible. Uh, is it just in Revelation? Um, no, it's not, because going all the way back to Genesis and, and the early biblical books, the number 10 appears in the numbers of genealogies. Right? So you have the first genealogy is, you know, Cain's genealogy, and there's 10 people in Cain's genealogy, and then there's 10 people in Seth's genealogy. Hmm. There's 10 people in, uh, we're in the book of Ruth um, in terms of my Sunday morning sermons, and the end of Ruth has a genealogy, and there's 10 in that genealogy. Well, we know there's a whole lot more people than those 10 in terms of, of uh, you know, the actual people. So it's it's just simply representing but saying you know these people and all of the others mm. um, that that are part of that and so you, you see uh, again whether it's it mentions the word 10 or whether it's 10 things it's the totality of uh, whatever it is that we're talking about it's sort of just all-encompassing like this is it yeah okay and then uh, I think a lot of people know 12 is significant too, like I mentioned in the beginning, because of you know the 12 tribes, the 12 disciples, and things like that. Um, so can you explain a little bit more about what 12 means? And that's, that, that is the number of fullness. It's the number of... Uh, and you say, well, what's the difference between fullness and totality? Um, fullness has more to do with filling something up rather than... The, uh, the then ten, which is this is, this is a total of you know inclusive of everything. This is actually the filling of of something. So, for instance, when you have the eleven apostles after Judas has gone out and hung himself, um, Peter says, you know, we got to choose a twelfth. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have to have that full number of these things. So it's the, it's the fullness, and when you when whatever it is, if you're talking about the the um, Twelve thousand of each tribe, you know. It's it's not that there's going to be actually twelve thousand people from each of these tribes. It's the number ten times ten times, times ten times ten. So they that's the total, but it's also the total of the, with the fullness of all those that are going to be saved. Mm. Okay, so it's the, the the full number of of those that are going to be saved in its totality when gotcha. you have those kind of numbers. Uh, connected together. Gotcha. Um, and then we have 24 here mentioned, and and uh, it's written out that it's 12 plus 12. And and one thing that I notice is a trend with a lot of these numbers is it's a lot of times it's numbers multiplied or multiplied by themselves a lot. Is there significance to why 
24 is 12 plus 12 rather than a, a multiplication? Yes, it is. I'm glad you picked up on that. <laughs> uh, all right. So what's the number two? <clears throat> the number two is is the number of relationship, mm-hmm. right? So um, 24 is 12 plus 12 rather than 12 times 12 is 12 plus 12. That's the number of relationship and the number of fullness. Um, in the particular case that we're talking about, then we have the 24 elders. Hmm. So the 20, the number 24 represents then the number 12 and then the number 12. The 12, what does 12 represent? It represents the fullness of one group and the fullness of another group combined together. Hmm. Right, so that's the fullness of the people from the old covenant, and the twelve tribes of Israel. The twelve tribes of Israel, and then the twelve apostles, or as representatives, okay, of the fullness of the people of God under the new covenant. Mm. Right, so you're you're talking about representations of all of the people of Israel that have been saved under the old covenant, and then all the people. Of uh, under the new covenant that are saved, that are then bonded together. They're 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 in relationship with one another. Um, the next thing we have is forty, and there is some definitions for um, symbolism here. And I'll let you get into that first, and then I'll I'll ask you my question afterwards. I do have a few questions about forty myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, the number forty is number four times 10, all right? So you got to keep that in mind as well. Uh, So the number four, earth, and then the number 10, the totality. um, So it kind of represents the totality of something on earth. So it's um, throughout the Old Testament, it's a generation, right? Um, Now, just because it's a generation doesn't necessarily mean that it's always symbolic, Right. So, for instance, we have David ruling for 40 years. Well, actually, he didn't reign for 40 years. He reigned for 40 and a half years, um, <laughs> the, the, uh, the Bible tells us, but it's rounded off to 40. But then Solomon comes along, and Solomon reigns for 40 years. Uh, and so, you know, we, we sit there and we say, well, did he actually reign for 40 years, or is that symbolic of, um, you know, he reigned for a generation, right? So... Um, that that number appears throughout the Old Testament in those kinds of situations. Uh, and then it, it appears also in um, not only uh, a, a generation, but it also is in days, right? 40 days, Moses is up on the mountain, or Jesus is tempted for 40 days. Again, so that's where it's important to recognize the, the number four and the number 10. Okay? Combining those together, it's, it, it, the 40 days of Moses, and he was on the mountain for 40 days. I'm not saying he wasn't there for actually 40 days, but it represents the concept that God gave him the total, um, the, 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 the total word for the earth. Hmm. Right, um, Jesus' temptation in the uh, the wilderness it, it represents. Now, it's certainly forty days of 
being in the wilderness, but it's it's his um, his total defeat of Satan while he's on earth, right? So it's it it has that that concept there that that he is going to complete that struggle. He's it's it's going to be uh, the fullness of his struggle with Satan represented in those uh, early forty days, showing that he is going to overcome. Gotcha. Right? That was that was my exact question. Is that um, you know we see Moses with the forty days, Jesus with the forty days, Noah with the forty days. Should we be taking this these also as literal forty days, or just to mean you know a, a generation or a long a long period of time? Yeah. So it, it um, I don't know that we can. Uh, you know, was it for Jesus? Was it thirty nine days or forty one <laughs> days or or whatever? The uh, I think that he was there for 40 days. And, mm-hmm. and the reason that I think that he was there for 40 days is because his one day represents one year for, um, you know, the, the events of, uh, of that generation, in a sense, um, you know, generational. And, 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 but Moses was on the mountain for 40 days, mm-hmm. all right? And so Jesus is, in a sense, in the mountain or the, the wilderness, um, Gaining strength over the enemy while he becomes the Word of God, you know, not that he wasn't the Word of God before, but but that that, that he is, he, it's the Holy Spirit that's driving him into that wilderness, so that in the midst of uh, of that, um, you know, the the reality of what it means to be the Word of God has overcome all the temptations, all the trials, all the, the things uh, on earth, so that when he steps out of that, was the very first thing that he does. He, he, he starts proclaiming the kingdom. Gotcha. Okay, and isn't that what Moses did when he came down off the mountain, is, okay, we're now a nation. We, 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 have, the, we have the word from God. And so uh, it, it's both symbolic and real at the same time, which is a lot of what happens in the scriptures. So I think this is kind of confusing. <laughs> um, and I, I want to, I want to point out how significant, I mean, we named some of them in, in scripture, but I want to point out to the listener how significant the number 40 is. So we have Moses, Elijah, and Jesus fasted in the desert for 40 uh, days the Israelites wandered in the desert for 40 days. Ezekiel laid on the right side 40 for years, 40, years, yeah. 40 days. Yeah, 40 years, rather. Um, three kings reigned for 40 years, Saul, David, and Solomon. Goliath taunted Israel for 40 uh, days. God destroyed every living thing on earth by flooding it for 40 days. I mean, it doesn't take long to, to read Scripture and find the number 40. So are we... Are we going to say that it could be literal and it could not be literal? And that's not the point. The point is that number represents the complete and total time they spent on earth doing what whatever they were doing. Is that is that going to be the black and white definition? Well, I would say uh, unless we have another reason to question the literalness of it, that most of those are, um, you know, we, we should take the number literally. But it, it, yes, the the significance of it is not, wow, they did forty days of fasting. Oh my goodness, how did they possibly do that? 
um, but rather, um, you know, what does it represent? And again, notice that each of those things represent uh, something to do with the earth. Um, you know, the earthly ministry of Jesus, the earthly ministry of, of Moses bringing the word. Uh, you say, well, you know, what about Elijah going 40 days just on, on the food from the raven that, uh, that you know, fed him? And, and then he goes 40 days in the strength of that. Um, but what was Elijah? Elijah is, is the prophet of um, the representative of all the prophet, of, of all the word of God. To the earth, um, to uh, to humanity, and so uh, you know, linking him together with Jesus, with Moses, uh, you know, those uh, that there's a purposefulness to that number forty, uh, and again, <clears throat> yes, we we could say it, is it rounding it off? We know for David, for instance, it was rounded off by half a year. <laughs> Uh, because he was seven and a half years in Hebron and then 33 years uh, in Jerusalem. Uh, so we know that it's, you know, 40 and a half years. It's rounded to 40. The, uh, and, and that might be true of the others as well. But that it is, you know, un- unless we have another reason to say it wasn't literal, um, we, can, we can say that it's literal, but it, it, just because something's literal doesn't mean it's not symbolic. Hmm. So you would say it's most likely that God sovereignly designed these events in history to last likely 40 days or 40 years or whatever so that we could look back and see what he was doing throughout history and how he was connecting everything. Yes, and I think that, that, that the, right, the biblical writers, okay, as, as the biblical writers are writing, they're picking up on that. Mm. And so... Um, so that's how it becomes symbolic in, in that the biblical writers take it that way um, and, and begin to utilize that number in, in that way. So it is a, it's, it's a divine action. It's just like you know the number seven. The number seven is based upon God as creator creating the earth in seven days. So the biblical writers pick up on that and and so all the the you know discussions of sabbath and and all those things have less in a sense to do with uh this is a specific day but what does that day represent it represents the rest of god uh on that seventh day it was the, the you know he he perfected what he was doing it was very good um, so the, the biblical writers pick up on that and they begin to utilize that to convey uh, a message. To convey the message. Mm. Got it. I like that. And I, you know, I didn't until you just said it. I didn't put together the four with the ten, even though I, you know, I know this stuff now as I as I've been learning it. But I like how there's that connection of the earth and the completeness, and then it kind of turns into forty. With, that's like an entire generation on the earth. It's really cool. Yeah, and I know this is a lot to digest. That's why we will have this uh, on the website at BibleDingers.com. And I know most of the time you guys are used to hearing us as you drive to work or as you go to school or wherever you're going. But that's good, and I would recommend you listen to it. But I would also recommend you going home, printing out the sheet, and listening through this episode with the sheet in your hand and then writing notes on the side so that you can really absorb this information 
And then you could hit us up if you have any questions, and then we'll just send it to Pastor Chris. We don't know the <laughs> but no, no, seriously, I want you to really work through this. I want you to wrestle with it. I want you to use these forms that we have on the website, and I want you to connect the dots, and I want you to read your Bible and then find these numbers and, and develop a proper hermeneutic for the book of Revelation, because that's the purpose of this, mm-hmm. is so that we can properly connect the Old Testament with Revelation, because it is like 80, 85%. Old Testament references. More than that. More than that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So next number is the number 70. Okay. Again, it's the number seven times the number 10 uh, there. So the number seven being the number of perfection um, and uh, and then the number 10, the number of totality. Uh, So, uh, for instance, if you go back into the book of Genesis and you see the listing of the nations, um, that come, you know, after the flood. I mean, we have this listing of nations. Well, there's 70 nations that uh, that are listed there. Does that mean that there's only 70 nations that uh, that, that you know the Bible is going to talk about? Uh, no, it's it, again, it's representative representative of the um, the total uh, number in its its uh, perfection or its you know totality. Um, so I just I want to make sure that we're we're properly uh, communicating how to use this sheet. So if we if we look at the number ten and we see complete and total, and then we look at the number seven and we see perfection Sabbath, it it, it would I would assume that the number seventy would mean completely perfect, uh, completely perfect in in terms of what it's representing. Uh, so. Like I said, the seventy nations would be, you know, the 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 the, the, the perfect uh, representation of all nations that ever come, in a sense, hmm. even though they're listed out there. Um, but they're listed out in, in in some places. It's you know one, it, they're individuals, but they're individuals who become nations. Uh, so the uh, it's it's how the the writer, in this case Moses, you know, why did he just select seventy? If we go later on and and look at uh, you know the births of of some of the children that became these nations, well, then why didn't he list also that nation and that nation and that nation? Okay, um, but it's, it's because he's working towards the number seventy hmm. and what that represents. Uh, for us, and so um, throughout the scriptures, then yes, you're exactly right. It's the number seven times the number ten, but it's not. It, when we think of perfection, we think of you know sinless. It, this number of perfection doesn't have to do with sinless. It has to do with the the perfect um, you know, representation of whatever this is. Hmm. So don't think of perfect as as. Uh, you know, like I said, it's it's not you know, sinlessness. Um, just like uh, you know, in the English translations, we often translate the uh, the, the the Greek um, you know telos as you know uh, perfect, you know, but it's really the number of maturity or the number of of you know it's it, it has reached its perfection of whatever that's representing, but it's not perfect. In terms of sinlessness, mm. so just keep that in mind when you're when you're looking at that number. So, 
Bible Dingers and this episode is being released in the seventh season. Wow. So it's kind of like right now, it's like the perfect the perfect season. It's the perfect show. <laughs> but if we were to do, I'm thinking we need to do 70 seasons so that it will be a completely perfect show. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> You're under well, Let's there. just do 21 seasons. Okay. You know? Absolutely. Seven times perfect. absolutely perfect. <laughs> 21 seasons is definitely reachable. <laughs> yeah. 70 seasons, I might be dead. Yeah. So. It <laughs> could be. Yeah. Well, it's a lifetime, right? It's all seasons in. Yeah. Yeah. But it is kind of nice that we end the books of the Bible on the seventh season. It is cool. Yeah. By accident. I do like that. Yeah. By accident. Yeah. Uh, right? It wasn't really by accident. Yeah. <laughs> it was. We were about to do Revelation last season. That is true. You're not. He, he is right. We were, but we didn't. So it was an accident. Yeah. It was not accidental. Nothing is accidental. That's right. Nothing is accidental. That's right. Nothing is accidental. In God's sight. I disclaim. Yeah. Anything that these guys just said, <laughs> you do not use numerology this way. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. All right. We just have a few, a couple left uh, and some of the bigger ones. So do you want to go into the big one? We're talking about the thousand year reign here. Can you talk to us about a thousand? Sure. Um, and that, that number of thousand appears in a variety of different ways throughout um the uh, the book so it's it, grasping that but again we've we've already mentioned it's 10 times 10 times 10 so it's the triplicate of uh of the number 10 and um so it's the absolute of whatever we're talking about um in its totality so it's it, it's fairly simple to think of it that way um uh, and you know it doesn't mean that something isn't necessarily literal I think in the book of, of Revelation, um, most of these numbers are not to be taken literally. I think the uh, John has, as I said, picked up the, uh, the, the biblical concepts of what these numbers represent and is uh, downloading, uh, or should I say uploading, I guess, right? Um, all of this, uh, this biblical you know, concepts into the material that he's giving us and, uh, and, and trying to, to help us to recognize from the very beginning that this was given to him in symbols, uh, in Simeon. Uh, it, was, it was represented to him rather than um, that these are uh, to be taken as in terms of literalness there. So that, that t- leads us to the next number, which is the number 10,000. The number 10,000, uh, that number is the number, it's the largest Greek number, okay? So if you have um, 10,000 times 10,000 or 10,000, you know, 200 times 10,000 times 10,000, uh, it, it doesn't mean, you know, 200 million or uh, those kind of things. It's simply the largest number. And when you multiply it times itself, it means, you know, just the absolute, you know, the, you, you can't get a bigger number. 
Hmm. Uh, we would say, you know, uh, a, a a gazillion, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you know, and like what's gazillion? Yeah, you know? like, I don't know, but I can't think of anything bigger yeah. than that. You know, <laughs> it's like you know, Godzilla times yeah. you know whatever. <laughs> um, so when when it's ten thousand times ten thousand, and then another number times that, it's it's saying. A gazillion. You, 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 yeah, you, it's gazillion. What 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 do kids say when when they're trying to top one another? Right, infinity. Is, yeah, infinity. Yeah. It's, it's infinity. <laughs> infinity in one two. Yeah. times two. You know? yeah. yeah. So that's that, that's that's what John is doing. In uh, it's like man, you, this is just beyond any numbers that we could ever possibly. And I do want to say, I know this is there. There are some dispensationalists listening right now that are just going to town, um, wanting to uh, argue with some of these meanings. And I do want to say we respect you immensely, and we love that you're listening. And you will have an opportunity to wrestle Pastor Chris during physically. Our, no, <laughs> no, in your ears, you can wrestle him. Okay, ear wrestling because we are going to have. A, um, a, I guess we can call it a friendly debate, so oh, to yeah. speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not a structured debate in the way of, you know, you have five minutes, you have five minutes, you have five minutes. But we will have a, I guess, conversation. a wrestling conversation mm-hmm. with a dispensationalist as well as a post millennialist. And, uh, historic, historic, and historic premillennialism mm-hmm. uh, that will be the closing for this season yep. where you get um, to listen to a conversation with four highly educated individuals and your eschatological view will be represented in that conversation. So if you think, oh, you're biased or whatever, no, we're not. We like to have healthy conversations and that's why we're doing this and we're, we're covering all of those views. Yeah. Well, I would say I would throw in there though that we are we are definitely leaning a mill with this season. Yes. It's clear because that's that's obviously what we lean towards. Um but we want to make sure on the other hand that everyone is represented and has a fair yes. shake at, yes. at what revelation. We are truly communicating means. our bias. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. You should rely on your local church and you should rely on your pastor. And it's a good example that we're setting for you to to invest in your pastor or your elders or whoever you have that can mentor you and disciple you. So we do have a bias. We are leaning Amil. However, uh, in these camps, we have these extremes and we have these people that completely close the doors to open conversation because their way is the only way. Uh, I've seen it in amillennialists. I've seen it, especially with post mill, even in our season. This season, we've had people that completely closed doors and said, dispensationalism is not even an option. I'm not even going to respect you as a view. Um, although we do have a bias, what we're trying to communicate is it's good to have healthy conversations. It's good to educate yourself on all these views. And even if you have a bias, don't be offended and shut the episode off. Give it a, a, a shot and listen with open ears and wrestle with these things with the biblical text in hand and be able to have healthy and open conversations with all of these views. If you have friends that are amillennialists or dispensationalists, you should be talking in a healthy way. We're not going to shut the door on any particular view, even though we do have a bias. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, most of what we've said here, you know, in terms of the specific usage, again, of that number, 
um, there, there, there might be disagreement on how that number is actually used. Um, but I don't think there's going to be, in any of those camps, a, a major disagreement as to the meaning of, the, uh, of a number. Um, you know, it's, it's how that's applied. There may be disagreement, but not necessarily about what the number itself tends to represent. All right. With that said, sorry, I went off on a little tangent there. But uh, the next number is uh, triplicate or cube number. What does that mean? Okay. So we, we've kind of hit this a, a, a few times, but the number 666 is, is, is not 666. It is 666. It's, it represents the triplicate of the number six, which is the number of humanity. And in, in its triplicate means it's the number of absolute. Uh, humanity, or the number, you know, uh, 1,000, 10 times 10 times 10. Um, it's, the, it's, it's, it's just a, another simple way of saying the, you know, the, the, the totality of, uh, you know, the absolute totality of whatever this is representing. And then we, we can give you some, um, you know, a, examples of that um, in, besides the ones we talked about, but the 144,000. Right, so it's the number twelve times the number twelve. Um, so the number twelve being the fullness of something times ten to its triplicate um, would be the the full number of whatever that is. All right. Uh, so we have the twelve tribes listed out, and we you know we'll talk about that uh, under symbolism. But the twelve tribes, so it would be the full number of those. Uh, you know, the, the, the totally full number of those in that tribe or whatever that tribe represents um, or the number of one, you know, the total 144,000 or the number of 144 without the thousand, which is uh, some of the walls, uh, you know, the 144 cubits. And that's where I, I really have a problem with translations that translate uh, into, um, you know, American numbers hmm. uh, or Western numbers rather than using the biblical number because that it, it takes away when we're trying to interpret something, it takes away the symbolic aspect completely with those translations. Hmm. So, um, you know, if you have a, a Bible that translates a number into the American equivalence of that number, uh, I would make sure that I get a more literal translation to sit next to it so that you're, um, you're able to, to look at. And, and for instance, the, um, the city that's a perfect cube is 12,000 stadia, 12,000 stadia, 12,000 stadia. Um, and yet some of the translations translate it into miles, <laughs> you know, and it's like, man, you, you're, you're kind of missing totally it yeah, yeah. missing what, uh, what, what this is about when you do that. Right. Who knew there was so much math involved in reading the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> Need my calculator next to it. Yeah. <laughs> get the translation, get the better translation and a calculator next to it. And then you don't need go. that. You can go on BibleDingers.com and download this sheet. And <laughs> there you go. 
We'll have Pastor Chris's contact information right on right the there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Name, address. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. We do have a live chat. Um, so if you don't have Instagram, you don't have Facebook, you don't have Twitter, and you do have a question, and you don't feel comfortable giving us your email for whatever reason, we do have a live chat that's always open on our website at BibleDingers.com, and you can write to us, and it goes right to our phones. And uh, we can we can if we don't know the answer, we'll find out for you. If you're really wrestling with something, please do send us a question. Um, but yeah, as we have, that's it, yeah, right? That's it. That's yeah. it. Well, I have a question for Pastor. Uh-oh. Uh oh. How do you make sense of the passage that says three rings were given to elves? Three rings <laughs> were given to dwarves. I think nine. No, were given to seven men. to dwarves. I seven think seven to dwarves. Yeah, nine yeah. to men. Yep. One ring to and rule one them all. to rule them all. Yeah. yeah. Well, obviously we have the number one. <laughs> okay, that's uh, that one's fairly Unity. simple. Yeah. The number three. I mean, everybody knows that elves. Yeah. Are the epitome of you know absolute yeah. perfection, yeah. and so you know that's the trinity of of uh, of perfect <laughs> of <middle> creatures. <laughs> you know, the number seven with the dwarves. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, dwarves. They they mine things. I mean, they mine gold. They, they, they you know, they, yeah, perfect, they have the, yeah. the right, the absolute perfection <laughs> of uh, of the wealth of the earth. Yeah, and then man, nine. You yeah. know, we three already said three. That, yeah, 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 but nine nine is like that number that just. It's it's worthless. Uh, you know, humanity yeah. has to be a large number because I mean we have nothing. You know, we're not the perfection of elves. We're not the right. the, the the wealth and and all of the dwarves. So you know, it's like yeah, three times three. You know, we're absolutely nothing. Yeah, uh, and, and you know, so I I think it it really fits into the biblical. Um, numerology. Then of course there was the first three movies, which were absolutely. Yeah amazing right but then they added the other three and made it six and then of course it went downhill from there it was yeah, imperfect mm, yes yeah, no yeah, longer exactly. good <laughs> one, one short of seven i mean it's yeah. you know it's humanity so, just trying to make money yeah am i completely clueless yeah yeah, yeah i think what, so what is this? i kind of knew you this was lord all like the, lord of the rings <laughs> yeah the it rings. is it's okay. lord of the rings yeah. the well they came out with the the prime version so that's a seventh oh right? i see okay uh, be the seventh i i guess so yeah but yeah, if you don't have ninety-eight thousand or oh, one hundred and forty-four thousand hours to give to a movie, <laughs> you've probably never watched Lord of the Rings. What one movie alone, which I've attempted to watch twice with my wife, is four hours almost. You're yeah. telling me you've never seen Lord of the Rings? The director's no. cut is four hours. No, but I've I watched three hours the entire trilogy a countless amount of times. Can I say I generally want to watch it? Yeah. I'm being sincere. Because I know it's it's like the Chick Fil A of of being a Christian. Like you have to go there, you have uh, to watch yeah, it, yeah. you have to experience the Lord's chicken. But <laughs> I do not have one hundred and forty four thousand hours. I have three children, mm. and I'm lucky I can watch a half hour show. Yeah, and I'm gonna watch six movies that are four hours long. Yeah, my I kids mean, have watched Lord of the Rings. You're gonna have to give me the what is it the that website that you go on to give you short. Short uh, summaries of of a book. I have no idea. You know what that Cliff that Notes? Cliff oh, Notes. Cliff Notes. Yeah, you're gonna Cliff have Notes. to give yeah, me yeah, the yeah. Cliff Notes version. Of, I think we of just Lord did. Of the Rings. Yeah, that, yeah, that was pretty <laughs> much <laughs> it. Yeah, it was an absolute perfect uh, yeah, summary. Absolutely yeah. perfect movie. <laughs> yeah, that I've never watched. <laughs> my 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 seven year old grandson 
watched uh, you know all of them and he can tell you all the characters he can tell you that's all great the, the stuff so it's, yeah. you know yeah my kids watch watched it, it. Yeah. the orcs are a little scary yeah for the yeah. kids but yeah. uh you know they just cover their eyes when the orcs are on i want to yeah. watch it i really do um maybe <laughs> we'll have a marathon party can, can, can i can i help you out of this one sure <laughs> okay uh tolkien said this is not christology he said it's you know it's it's mythic writing, it's you know it's it's not about the Bible you know it's just about good and bad and uh, and that's pretty much it. So you know Gandalf is not a you know Christ figure mm-hmm. uh, or any of those kind of things. He made that claim. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That. As compared to um, C.S. Lewis, who made it clear that the that you know his um, uh, Narnia. Narnia series was about Christ. I was going to say, didn't Tolkien dislike the fact that Lewis was so... Yeah. Like, well, I mean, they had their debates about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways. So Christians just kind of <laughs> took it amongst themselves to say Lord of the Rings is Christian? Well, he is a Christian. Well, he, yeah. But yeah. he's saying it wasn't explicit in his writings that he was trying to make it a symbolic really interesting wasn't there something off about Tolkien oh yeah this is yeah uh, anyway that was our episode on the numbers in the book of Revelation if you'd like to watch Lord of the Rings go free you're you're free to do so Um, I'm not but I want to Uh, so you can you can beat me up in the comment section whenever we drop the clip to this episode for not watching Lord of the Rings Mm -hmm. by the way I would suggest watching the Lord of the Rings as the book of Revelation rather than the Left Behind series. Ah, okay, okay, okay. that's good. That's okay, good. shots fired. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this piece where you at? Yeah. Uh, anyway, that was our episode on the numbers in the Book of Revelation. Uh, we don't have our sound bites and all that fun stuff now because we have a lot of materials to cover, and we don't want to waste your time, and we definitely don't want to waste ours or Pastor Chris's. So we will. Uh, we're here now, and we're gonna go ahead and record. Uh, the next portion of our of our Revelation series, um, you won't know that because you're not here, but that will be the next episode for you to listen to. However, if you like what you heard and you love the Bible Dingers ministry, we will uh, really encourage you to please go on patreon.com slash Bible Dingers and you could support this ministry for as little as $1 a month. Every single penny goes to ministry use. We take none of it for personal gain. Um, we, we will probably put that purchase to going to the G3 conference together and uh, to go there and support Sound Theology and support the people that are there and get to know all of you in person. So it looks like we might be there, but if not, it'll go to something else that we need to produce the podcast and to produce YouTube videos for you. Anyway, please go and do that and, and follow us on Patreon. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bible Dingers across the board. And while you're there, Hit that like button, hit that follow button, hit that subscribe button, and most importantly, ding on.